This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. I'm your host, Anna Hawkin, part of the team at Parenting for Faith. And today we're going to be hearing from Elaine Webster. Rachel Turner chats to her about the Trinity, how we explain that to our kids. Is it important? Does it affect how they pray? Super interesting conversation. And our um, question today is from our Facebook Live that we did with Paul Harcourt, the national leader of New Wine, on how to help an autistic child understand how God might use their challenges for good. Really, really good answer that he gives to that. So uh, do listen out. We are just back from the Forge Gathering, which is a time away for children's youth and family leaders, paid or voluntary. And it was amazing. We learned so much. We had such a great time. So I thought this would be a good time to tell you that we have another one coming up in November in Stirling in Scotland. Um, even if you don't live in Scotland, I was amazed how quickly you can get there and how cheap the tickets are in advance. So have a look at that. And it's also not too late to book onto our Babies and Toddlers online course, which starts on the 9th of June. You can sign up as an individual or as a group, whether that's a church group, a toddler group, something like that. But I'm going to hand over now to Rachel and Elaine. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner. And this week I am here with my friend Elaine Webster. We're here to talk about the Trinity and how in the world we explain it to our kids, when we should explain it to our kids, and how does that impact how our children pray. And so Elaine has been a youth and children's pastor in Jersey, in Harrogate, in Birmingham, with a variety of different denominations. She is the author of the Connected Hearts Curriculum. Is that correct, Elaine? A Connected Hearts Curriculum, or is it just called Connected? Connected. Connected connected curriculum and uh which is for children between the ages of um five to 14 years five to 14 years you can find it at www.connectedhearts.co.uk that's correct uh which is excellent material which sort of uses uh chat and catch and god encounters and really great solid biblical teaching to enable kids to be connected to god she's also my friend for over 15 years. Uh, she's very wise. She uh, holds me together and I always want her thoughts. Uh, so uh, we want to thought when we're going to talk about the Trinity, who do I want to talk about it? I want Elaine to talk about it because she said to do some deep thinking on it, both through her theological degree and through writing it and explaining it to children. So uh, hi, Elaine. Hi, Rachel. It's great to be here. I'm glad. Right. So we are talking about the Trinity Everyone has their own different theological approach to it, but what is your view on how important is it for parents to explain to their kids about the Trinity? And is there an ideal age that you're supposed to start explaining it to them? Like, what's what's your view on children's understanding of Trinity and when we should start saying it to them? Um, I think the word Trinity is a bit tricky. Um, I think the reality is that kids here um as as they're growing they are going to hear um god jesus holy spirit referred to um in church circles in your own home um you're going to be talking about god sometimes you're going to be talking about jesus other times and so um helping them to understand 
that um, it's three persons in one form and that they, um, uh, that, that sort of complex element is, we don't have to get too theological about it. And I think that sometimes the concern is, as soon as someone mentions the word Trinity, is, oh, I've got this big theological thing to wrestle with, with my kids. When in reality, you're daily living the Trinity because you're talking about the person of the Trinity. Um, and so it's then helping them to understand that what, what does that mean for them? Um, because rather than them getting an idea of three separate things, how can it be one thing? And finding a way to communicate it that's so simple, kids can get it and get their heads around it. Um, uh, and for you as a parent, so it's not stressful. Um, so simplifying it, I would say, um, is your, your best course of action and just, yeah, doing life, doing it in the course of life. I, I like how you're saying that we're living the Trinity because I, I think that's a really significant weight that comes off shoulders for me as a parent that it's not just when can I shove in this big theological conversation with my child but I am actually living relationship with God in all of his complexity and beauty and and therefore figuring out a way to to frame just when you know how the father means to me and what Jesus means to me and and how the Holy Spirit walks with me all of that is just part of our normal everyday creating windows into our lives and framing um but you also talked about simplifying the trinity that if if i just only live it and i never explain it then it it can look a bit disconnected from each other and you said make it simple how do you make something that feels as theologically massive how do you make that simple um i've used two ways in the past um one's a really well-trodden path. A lot of people have used it. This is not unique to me at all. Um, and that's to use um, the analogy of water, steam and um, ice and to represent, because kids understand that they're such basic elements. Um, kids understand the element of water and they understand that it transforms. They've, we, uh, even our um, tiniest ones have experienced snow and have experienced um, uh, steam they can see steam and so um having something physical that they can um connect with is really helpful and um so in the past um we've used things like when we've been talking about ice we've eaten ice lollies with the kids um when we've talked about steam we've had hot chocolates and we've made hot chocolate with the kids um and um uh, water you know we've used uh, fizzy water and uh, or lemonade or um, created drinks with the kids um, and so um, and, and we've related each of those different things to a person of the trinity so we've used ice for god and steam for the holy spirit and um, water for jesus um, and so we've, we've brought it together in that form however um, i've used an even simpler version that is not quite as theologically sound because those three things have got exactly the same element. I've actually used a Jaffa cake in the past with- um, A Jaffa cake? A Jaffa cake with kids who have no church background at all. And the kids have absolutely loved it because they're eating Jaffa cakes as we're talking about <laughs> one thing. And they get that these three things are a Jaffa cake, but yet there's a separateness to those three things. Um, and, and also I've not met one kid that I've done the Jaffa cake analogy with who's walked away and gone, I no longer remember what the Trinity is. They all remember. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so interesting. I, 
I think it's hard with analogies, isn't it? Because there's no perfect analogy for the Trinity. And I, I know I often get really wrapped up in the, mm, well, this, this analogy isn't quite right because it's that. And so then I sort of uh, can default myself out of using any analogy because I'm like, no analogy is perfect. And what I'm hearing you say is that a, um, an imperfect analogy is better than no analogy. Is that, is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, I think so. I mean, theologically, Jaffa Cake just doesn't cut it if you're sitting in theological circles, but it's not about it's it's not about it being textbook right. It's about our kids having an understanding, but also gaining that understanding in a way that's fun and that they they're like, oh, I, I love this idea, you know, and they can share that idea easily. It's not an idea that they can share in a difficult way with their friends. Um, and so they themselves can communicate something um, because they will have questions, even at primary school age, if they're um, mixing with Muslim kids and stuff like that, they will have questions about um, the Trinity because it's it's viewed differently by other faiths um, and so um, them being able to explain it, it's one thing we're not worshipping three gods um, uh, is but in, a, in the simplest of way and their mate at school you know if they've gone to school and they've taken the Jaffa cake in their packed lunch and they're like here have a Jaffa cake um, and their friend is sat munching a Jaffa cake and they're talking about that I mean how awesome is that our kids are starting to discuss, even at the youngest of age, over the lunch table, the Trinity and who God is for them and who Jesus is for them and what Holy Spirit has done in their lives and what they're seeing Holy Spirit do. Um, and so, yeah, it's just that, that to me is a joy. I, I love the idea of, of creating something so easy that kids can pick it up and, and make it part of their normal conversation without feeling sort of out of place or feeling like they're trying to then feel the weight of the theological conversation of the Trinity, that it's, it's so easy that it's just part of the conversation. Um, at the beginning, we were, we were talking a bit about how you're living the Trinity. And I, and for many people, um, the concept of the Trinity is hard for us to wrap our brains around and in how we live. I know many people who prefer to pray to Jesus, um, other people who prefer to think, you know, primarily have a relationship with Father God, other people for whom the Holy Spirit or using just Holy Spirit as a sort of name is, is something that is really helpful to them. Does Is there a perfect way of engaging with the Trinity or, or does everyone end up having their own relationship with the Trinity and therefore it's, it's okay to just be living your own experience uh, of it. Um, I think that um, one, it's definitely okay to be living your own experience of it and to be moving through life and experiencing um, the persons of the Trinity um, in whatever season you're, I find, I've found different seasons have resulted in different experiences. Um, and I've had really traumatic experiences in my life where Jesus has come and sat alongside me in the car and sat alongside me at the dinner table and just been with me through, um, through divorce and loss and all sorts of things. Um, and yet at other times I wanted to feel Father God holding me in his arms um, and um, it, while I sob. Um, and and other times when I felt such incredible joy um, and or I've been out in the world and want to share with someone who God is and Holy Spirit's come alongside me and whispered in my ear 
some some piece of knowledge that I can share with somebody or something that they uh, I can see in that person that would just encourage them and I can share a word and so different seasons lead to different encounters with different persons of the trinity I think I think that there is a place for saying if you only sit in one area if only ever sat in one area why is that why is there a discomfort with other persons of the trinity and exploring that for yourself um but uh, equally i'd say it's when you're ready to do it as well when you start to feel like there's something more here push into that and start to explore it um and and start to think about why there might be reasons behind it and how does that translate to our children then because you know as as we start with our kids and our very small people you know they're two they're three we're starting to enable them to chat to god for themselves we're praying over them uh, how do we enable them to pray should we should we be encouraging them to chat to holy spirit and chat to jesus and chat to father uh, do you feel like we should just be going for you know, God first initially, and then explain the Trinity later. What's what's a wise thing to do when we're starting to help our children find their own voice with God and and who understanding who they're praying to? Or does it matter at this point? Is is that something that has to be sorted out at the beginning? I don't think it has to be sorted out at the beginning. Um, I think that it's helpful to um, uh, when you're doing certain. If you're in go, if you're in doing mode, you're in going mode. It's quite helpful to for me. That's that's the time when I'm engaging with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to share with the kids. This is why. This is why in this moment I feel that I want to talk to the Holy Spirit. Why I want to chat to Holy Spirit. Um, and um, and also to explain there are other times when when I want to experience God in a different way, and therefore I'm talking to Father God. Um, or when I want to chat one-to-one with God face-to-face, I'm going to be talking with Jesus. Um, and so just explaining different circumstances at the time when they arise, rather than trying to create, um, situ- rather than thinking, oh, I must create a situation, just be in the moment, in the situation. And um, whatever situation you're facing, it just explains to your kids, this is why I'm chatting to Father God about this. This is what I'm i want to i want to receive this is what i want to say this is oh this is how i want to meet with god in this moment and this is why i'm speaking to this element of the trinity and i i I find that really interesting because listening to you talk about how your engagement with the trinity is i think my engagement is different than that but not necessarily neither of us are wrong. Like for me, I primarily engage with the father and we talk about Jesus and I talk to Jesus sometimes and, you know, Holy spirit, I talk to Holy spirit sometimes, but my I'd say, you know, most of my time I'm chatting to father God. And, but I don't think one's right or the other. What I love is that I can talk to my kid about how I do it and why I do it and, and what it looks like for me. And you talk to the kids about what it looks like for you. And that there's, that's the beauty of, of who God is, is that there's this fullness to God, that there is no one right way to figure it out. There's no one right way. It's, we're not trying to manipulate God. It's not like they have individual jobs. And if you ask the wrong person, you're going to be put in the queue for the other one, but that, that there is different, different ways of engaging with this beautiful God that is impossible to understand, but so many different access points of, of who he is and what he does. 
and um, and that comfortability to say, well, this is what it looks like for me, and this is how I understand it. And what do you think? And this this conversation of understanding God, I think, is a real beautiful thing, uh, because everyone I know has a slightly different way of how they like to pray and how they like to engage with that. And our kids are finding their voice and finding their understanding of it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that, that maybe there isn't any right way of doing it. There's not like, I now have a two-year-old and we're only going to pray to father until we're four. And then we'll have the theological conversation about the Trinity in which I will then highlight it out, but that you're living the Trinity, you're explaining and giving windows into how you do it and how you do it together. When you see someone get hurt, when you are sad together, who, you know, how you engage with God and to create some framework around it. So they understand the fullness and why you're praying as you pray and giving them opportunity to chat and uh, however you want, whether that's directed you know, chat to Jesus about this or you know, chat to Holy spirit, or whether you just say, you know, chat to God uh, and however you want to. I love that that freedom that they have the understanding, but then they have the freedom to figure out what that looks like in their life with the information that goes with it. Yeah. That's really interesting. Thank you. I feel wiser and smarter now that I've talked to you. <laughs> Do you have any recommendations that you want to, um, to give anybody of books to read or, um, or, curriculum to look at. I mean, I know you've written some stuff on introducing the Trinity to the kids and that's in your curriculum, but is, is there any? We, well, um, when um, I wrote the curriculum, it is the first, um, well, it's session two, three, and four, the very first term is God, um, uh, Holy Spirit, Jesus, um, because I felt it was so important to give that grounding and also for the kids to, because we would then go on week after week and refer to all these different terms um, that are hugely familiar to us, but then the kids were like, hmm. Um, <laughs> I didn't want us to be in a situation where kids didn't understand. So yeah, so they're in there. Um, no, I don't have any book recommendations. I'd love to say that I do. I was like, oh no, I should have prepped more. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. You didn't know I was gonna ask that. I haven't, but I, I haven't got a book recommendation. Um, I think we always want as a parent to be like, give me a book that explains it perfectly. And then I don't have to think. <laughs> and I think in reality, there are loads, there's tons of books on the Trinity out there. They're deeply theological and all of those kind of things, which is great. But I just don't think it's in, in parenting terms. Um, you don't need to be wading through something complex. Um, and um, that that's going to be a lot of time as well. Yeah, uh, and oh, I think you're better off spent having fun with your kid and just and, and living it through and um, uh, and just chatting about what you're doing and why and as you say creating windows um, and and also letting your child explore for themselves because um, you can easily find that kids have got their own preferences that you 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 weren't expecting them to have um, mm. that come out completely out of left of center so mm. yeah. I think also I was just pondering totally different from the recommending thing, but just uh, the that it, it is a mystery of how it works and that it's okay for it to be a mystery. I think sometimes with the Trinity, we feel like we have to nail it down and explain it all. And, and there is a mystery of, of not understanding it completely, really, of how it works. And to be able to wonder with your kids, like, you know, I wonder if Jesus tells, I do, this is personal wondering, I wonder if Jesus 
because I think Jesus was quite funny, like just in just general life. And so I, I wonder, I wonder if he tells jokes to the Holy Spirit. Like, does that, is that a thing? Cause I don't know. I love having wonderings and I think kids love engaging in the wonderings and, and that it's, it's okay to not present a, a, a perfect wrapped up package. We present what we know and we present that there's stuff, stuff we don't know and to delight in the mystery of it is also an okay thing to do. Um, to do that side-by-side thing. Well, Elaine, thank you so much for your wisdom and uh, for all that you bring. I really appreciate you. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. So if you want to know more about Elaine and what she does, go to www.connectedhearts.co.uk. And uh, if you have any follow-up questions, feel free to send them in and I'm sure I can get Elaine to answer them. Please, could you give me some ideas of how to help my things going down? How to help an autistic child to understand how God can use their challenges for good? So we don't know the full context there, the age. And as you say, when you've met one autistic person, you've only met one autistic person. I guess, (laughs) um, particularly struggling with how how to explain that God can use challenges for good. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there's a there's a big debate about whether you should you know pray that somebody would stop being autistic um i think in some ways actually because we had rachel who is very high functioning asperger's end of the autistic spectrum um we tend to pray about the symptoms that cause her distress so the anxiety um the um the lack of being able to connect socially when she wants to um but a lot of it is we don't want to push her to be neurotypical if she's found a different way of of seeing the world and being in the world. Um, so with an autistic person, you, you might sort of look at it and go, actually, there's some great strengths here. There's, there's an ability to focus. Um, there is, um, there, there is actually quite a strong sense of right and wrong, um, which certainly I see that a lot in our daughter. She's really hot on justice and, um, you know, she, she, she has rules and she kicks, um, sticks by them. Um, so I think it's learning to find the image of God in your child and affirm that um, and trying to accept them as they are as well has been a big thing for us. Then we can kind of learn from that. Um, so, for example, you don't get a lot of feedback from either of our two. Um, you know, they've, they're very one of them can't speak. The other one is very unlikely to express affection, but she's learning to do it but sometimes you get something and when you get that something it's like you just have to take the moment and hold it and cherish it and 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 go that is that reveals what they would normally be doing all the time if they were perhaps have a different range of ability i suppose to the question about what are the challenges um yeah I'm, i'm trying to say with the autistic person try and try and see how they're their difference might be strength. Um, how is God going to use their challenges? Well, we're all needing to depend on other people. And, um, you know, to actually our experience of Joshua and Rachel is that both of them have ended up having very significant adults in their life um, that I imagine perhaps without challenge they wouldn't have had. Um, so it kind of makes you more aware of your need of others when you're struggling with something. Um, if you can bring yourself to to get to that point of accepting it and uh, and engaging it. So I would say they, they've taught us quite a lot, um, but they probably didn't realise they were doing it. 
As always, we're going to end the podcast with a question to spark an interesting conversation. So we've been talking about the Trinity. Why don't you ask your kid, which part of the Trinity do you find the most interesting and why? Have a great conversation. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.